What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Successor Show, episode 14. This episode is titled, Be a Filter, Not a Sponge, and I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say. This is Riley. Riley is my co-host. How are you? I'm great. I knew you were going to say that based on the fact that you said that before we started While we were prepping? <laughs> well, you said I had the enthusiasm, so I went with it. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did put quite a bit of pressure on him. I was like, you know, you're a little bit more enthusiastic with the intro than I am, so like, I think it's your job now. And yeah. I, I put some pressure on him. I, I believe she said, don't fuck this up, was I the just, actual... <laughs> yeah, that sounds more accurate. <laughs> Which is what I'm good at doing. I have ruined many a podcast in my time with my tone and... and no, I, well, it was still your fault. It just never aired. Yeah, we don't talk about that one. The forgotten episode. <laughs> forgotten for more than one reason. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so this is episode 14, Not All Jokes Are Aside. We have titled this one, Be a Filter, Not a Sponge. We did put a question up online about whether you should have one resource that you learn from or many resources that you learn from. And predominantly, we both got pretty much the same thing. I think it was 96% people said yeah. many resources, and some people said one resource. And Riley may disagree with this, but and I had a couple people who messaged me and said, "Can I choose both?" I actually did too. I had a few people. A few people messaged you and said both, and that's how I look at it. When I think of being a filter, not a sponge, you do want to have one leader, one guiding light, one mentor, but this should be someone that you then take the information that you learn from other sources mm -hmm. and bring it to that person as a question. Hey, what do you think of? Who does this apply to? How does it help? As a coach who coaches many other coaches, I know it was very hard to say, as a coach who coaches many other coaches, I often will have coaches come to me and say, what do you think of this? And I can usually, if I'm very familiar with it, distill it down to, here's what I think of this, here's when it will apply. Because we get stuck sometimes with the one guiding voice. Mm -hmm. You know, if you always see this like the old high school football coach. This is how my coach trained us, this is how you're gonna train, and it was like, well, he was closed off to any new methods or ever learning. And the second you're done learning, you're over. That's it. You're, you're done progressing. We should always be learning. But there's the other end of the spectrum when there's too many voices that are coming at you. You're going to get confused who's right, who's wrong. And what were your thoughts on that? Well, I think the thing that is important about your point, which I don't disagree with at all, I think that it is a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B, yeah. is that your one guiding voice is someone that you probably trust, and that person is also probably open to the possibility of learning from other people as well. So like you're talking about how you know you coach a lot of coaches, and mm -hmm. those coaches come to you because they trust you and they trust your knowledge because they've worked with you on a, on a level where they can trust what you have to say, but they're also aware that you are open to learning from other people as well. You read books that have to, you know, that challenge your thinking and you're open to the fact that something you think may be, I don't want to say wrong, but that may not be applicable to everyone. So, you know, coaches come to you because they can trust you and you can kind of work as a filter for their thoughts. Right. So I think that it is both. And, you know, I think that the the one person that you choose to be your mentor, I guess you could say, you should really, really vet out and make sure that you trust that person. I've made the mistake of trying to mentor from someone who kind of was very close-minded. You know, there was very dogmatic thinking. It was one way and everything else is dumb. 
kind of thing. And that was very apparent to me after asking questions, which is what I like to do. I ask a lot of questions. I ask Trevor a lot of questions. Um, Are you I'm, questioning me? <laughs> Technically, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, when we're around other coaches, I ask questions as well. And I just think that that's what makes you well-rounded as an individual in a sport like powerlifting, where there is not one way to do things. So making sure you really vet your choice for your one mentor, but also being open to other thoughts of or other view processes um, and making sure that you are not just attaining all the information and trying to apply it at once. This is kind of what we're getting at with the being a filter, not a sponge, is because, yes, we and we both have said it before, that if you're in a room with people that are smarter than you, you should be a sponge and absorb everything that they're saying. But this goes a little bit further with saying that application kind of is key, and that's another thing we always talk about. So being a filter is taking everything that you've learned in your sponge and knowing how to apply it, when to apply it, and who it can be applied to. So being a filter is a little bit more necessary when it comes to maybe you as a coach or even you as a lifter, because if you watch your favorite lifter on Instagram and they're squatting one way and you try to mimic exactly how they squat, that's not applicable to you. So even though you've absorbed the information that they're giving, it doesn't apply to you, so you have to filter out whether or not that's good for you or bad for your progress. Yeah, the internet is great for giving us the access to so much information but it's a poor source sometimes because there's so much information and so many varying opinions and not too many people who actually have a lot of application of. And that's key there is application of. So when you're looking for that kind of main guiding light is how much time have they spent applying methods versus just studying. Because you'll find people who are pontificating online who are still in school. They haven't even finished school and they haven't even gone through any level of application, but they're pontificating what the textbook says. And what's often the case, and I'm not disagreeing with the textbook, but what's often is you learn more kind of in the trenches and in the field once you start applying these concepts and seeing what actually works. And you'll notice that there's a tremendous amount of the best scientific answer is it depends. You know, that gray area is what a, r a really great leader or mentor is going to see is the middle ground in finding what's going to work and what's not going to work. And as the great philosopher Chris Farley once said, you can get a great look at a T-bone steak by sticking your head up a bull's ass. But wouldn't you rather take the butcher's word for it? I had to sneak that in somewhere. What a great philosopher. <laughs> Smart man. Not so much with drugs or food. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyways, but <laughs> I watched one of the work that in. But it was really interesting to see how skewed it was to one side. Like my results from my poll were 96% towards many sources. And that's where a lot of the confusion comes in, which is why Riley said asking questions. Asking questions is great. I put up a weekly Q&A and I sometimes get so many of the same questions. I keep answering them again and again, which just shows you how many people are confused because of how much information is out there. Yeah. They don't necessarily understand how much of it should apply to them. And uh, a great boost to reload is, you know, strip away the unessential, take what's useful, discard the rest. And that's really the aspect you should be looking at because not everything applies to you or not everything applies to your clientele or your training, but everything is applicable to someone or something. Yes. And that's where it mean, means being a filter, not a sponge is, okay, what is useful to you? What is useful to your group? What is useful to your goal? And not necessarily being stuck on, here's what my light says on one side and here's what the audience says on the other. Find the middle ground, and that's really hard to do because sometimes that might mean going against what your main voice says or at least questioning it. Like you po you point out, your initial mentor had a very dogmatic approach. Mm -hmm. This was the way I was taught. This is the way everyone's going to do it. Everything else is dumb, mm -hmm. and when it stopped working, you were left with no other options, so you had to find other ways. Yep. And as somebody who coaches people, you said, well, I'm not working with one type of clientele. I'm working with many. Yep. I need to know and understand many ways, which meant 
many more questions, many more conversations, many more voices, but there's still one direction or guiding light that you find, or as we tend to call our principles. Sometimes your one main light is the principles you discover and you follow versus some particular voice or mentor. You start to follow principles that you find to be true over and over again. Yep. Yeah, when I started coaching, you know, I came mainly from a conjugate style and it was one kind of specific conjugate style. And I, I love conjugate and I think it's, it, it can be applicable well, uh, depending on the individual. But that, when I started coaching, that was my main thing was, okay, I'm seeing these things, especially having training partners that were running kind of a similar program to me. Um, I see these things that work well and I see these things that don't work well. And to me, that's very obvious. Like something that I did maybe didn't work very well for my training partner, even though we had the same type of uh, programming. So for me, I was realizing, hey, okay, this, this won't always work for someone else. So that's when I started asking more questions and I started wanting to be more well-rounded in how to program in different types of programming. So that is when I started to reach out and I was like, you know, I, I love I like conjugate and I like this certain style of conjugate. I like these aspects of it, but I also want to know how to best program someone for linear or like an accelerated block or, you know, any other type of programming because I realized that the style of conjugate that I was running at the time and that I know very well won't work for everyone, which is like why when I coach, I say that you have to earn your conjugate because not everyone is going to just be able to uh, do speed work right off the bat and it be beneficial for them. And even a traditional speed work may not be beneficial for them. So everyone that I coach doesn't get that standard conjugate form. There are people that are on linear. There are people that are on accelerated blocks. There are people that are on a combination of linear and conjugate. It's just making sure that I am fitting the program to the lifter, not trying to make the lifter fit the program. So that's where the whole filter kind of thing came in. And I started asking more questions to coaches like Trevor and uh, other people that I knew in my circle. And that really expanded my horizons for that. In addition to being a filter, not a sponge, not just coaching wise, but this is also really good for um, the type of thoughts, I guess you allow into your brain. You know, we're talking about social media and how there are so much information out there all the time and that it is kind of overwhelming. And social media is a blessing and a curse in that because you can literally find any answer that anyone wants to tell you right at your fingertips. But you're also consuming negative things as well. And we notice this kind of with watching like the news. Um, we also see it with social media and like opening it up first thing in the day during the day. But social media can also be inherently negative just as much as it can be positive. And yes, we do control what we see on the internet very often. And we have that capability, but some of us can't resist uh, kind of searching out the negatives, I suppose. So allowing yourself to be a filter into what you take in. Um, if you're constantly bombarded with someone who is always posting negative things or things that make you feel attacked or something very, make you feel not good about yourself every day when you scroll through social media, you can filter that and you can Absolutely. mute them. You can unfollow them. You can stop looking for those things so it's not just about um I think coaching they give you the option to take a break now <laughs> yeah well you when can you take a break for like a month or three months or something like that from people's posts well when you uh i think and even when you try to like delete your account they just try to make you take a break not like <laughs> delete your account and that's a level of filtration yeah. so yeah if you're bombarded by these things uh, Ed Millett has a saying that your thoughts become your obsession. So if yeah. you're constantly thinking about somebody else's negativity, that becomes your obsession. You take that on. You you consume that energy, and that's what you're going to be. So that's where being a filter really comes in is, okay, so your information source, your, 
guiding source. And then your your and I'm gonna use the word entertainment because most of us scroll through for entertainment when we're done with whatever we start to scroll through to get distracted from our own lives, what we're not doing, which is why I don't like to scroll. Um, so sorry if I didn't see your post. I don't scroll. <laughs> That's my filter. I don't scroll until all my work is done. Usually it's like Sunday if I'm scrolling. So whatever I see Sunday night, good on you. Um, it's a distraction from what you're thinking about. And then you start to bombard yourself with other people's lives and you become obsessed with their lives, their progress. You stop focusing on your own progress. That's why it's very, very important to not be a sponge, not just in the education mindset, but in the thought process mindset, because you are going to take on whatever their problems, whatever their personal life, whatever their issues are, and it's not your problem. It's not your concern. It's not your task to worry about what's going on in somebody else's life. It's your task to worry about your own. And if you have people in your group that you can help bring up, that, that's in your group, that's a different story. But if these are people who you don't relate to, they're not in your training circle, they're not in your friendship group, they're just people online, you don't need to worry about them. They need to worry about them. Yeah, the same, I, I think, I'm sure Trevor runs into this a lot, but I see this a lot with lifters, is that they they follow or they're friends with someone who's in their same weight class and maybe they're going to do the same meet or compete around the same time. And suddenly that lifter is so obsessed with what their competition is doing that they almost backslide a little bit because they're too focused on, well, this person hit this number, but I didn't hit this number in training, but in their program's going like this and it looks like they're only hitting PRs and I failed a rep today and I don't know if I can do this and I want to beat them and I want to do this. And then you have talked yourself into failing before you've even gotten to the meet. Um, I've had to have this conversation with so many lifters about focusing on your training uh, and not being so concerned with the other people in your weight class. And it even happens with people that aren't in your weight class. Um, I have a couple lifters who will be concerned with someone who's in a weight class or two above them. And I'm like, why? Why do you care? <laughs> like, if you're not, if you are not like, um, battling it out for top five all time across the board, everything, then like, don't worry about it. Especially yeah, if they're, they're yeah, yeah. yeah, if they're like two weight classes above you and you, you want to out total them or out Wilkes them. If you were to just apply that same type of vigor <laughs> that you have towards paying attention to their life and apply it to your training, you would be so much better off and you probably would beat them at the meet because you would be focused on improving you instead of watching and seeing what someone else is doing. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I run into that with lifters often where they're just so focused and they can't filter out what it is that they don't want to watch anymore or what it is that's holding them back and they're unwilling to accept uh, that these things are affecting them externally in their training because they're like, well, it's not that big of a deal. I don't, it's, it's not that big of a deal. It's fine. Everything's fine. I just, you know, I see, I see their posts when I scroll through and whatever, and it's not that big of a deal. And they're trying to talk themselves into the fact that it's not that big of a deal when it's affecting their training. And as a coach, I can see that. Right. And one of the biggest sports in the world, whether you realize it or not, is like performance racehorsing. You know, racehorses have blinders for yep. a reason. They don't want that horse to know what's going on next to them. They start in the stall. They're blinded. They run with blinded. They have one job, run fast, faster than anybody else, hopefully, and the jockey has to control that. But that's their one task. And that's part of being a filter, not a sponge, is decide on what's your one most important task. And that is what you focus your energy and efforts on. If you're so focused on what everybody else is doing, I guarantee you're neglecting what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that there's... Um... I know that there's some people that are a little bit concerned about the shutdowns happening again and sure. they're in a, I've had multiple lifters kind of text me about um, 
not being able to post their lifts online. And generally it's because this, that's where they post their, uh, their training. So that way they can tag me so I can see that. But right now, honestly, I think that for majority of people with the shutdowns happening and not being able to post their lifts at the gym and like not being able to get on and compare kind of, and see what everyone else is doing. I feel like a lot more people flourished during that time because they weren't bombarded with everyone else's lifts. They didn't have to post theirs to get that instant dopamine spike. You know, they were, uh, they didn't. They weren't able to post their lifts, so they weren't waiting for someone to comment and kind of give them that validation that they were looking for. And because other people that they aren't or that they're competing with aren't able to post, they aren't comparing themselves either and bringing themselves down negatively. So I kind of think that not being able to post your lifts sometimes is a positive thing. Yeah. And people get too hung up on the fact of recording stuff just to post it. Like you train to train the the list the priority or your list of priorities as far as posting, posting on Instagram should be the lowest priority when it comes to your training. <laughs> God, so backwards for some of us. Some people will literally post while they're training. It's like, here's in their story, last warm up, which is, it, if your last warm up looks like shit, it, you know, yeah. it's too heavy. I don't, I don't understand why anybody posts last warm up. I think that's the silliest thing in the world. Your warm up should move that way. It's a, it's a warm up. But yeah, I mean, it's a great point is we should be, always be looking to find progress aim towards progress, train towards progress, and not validation. Mm -hmm. So that's another filter that you need to put on yourself is, are you training to progress and achieve a goal, mm -hmm. or are you training to achieve validation? Because you're not gonna stay motivated very long if you're only hoping that someone recognizes you for the efforts you put up or the weights you lift. That's very fickle, very fleeting. You know, we have a very much, what have you done for me lately sport where someone can be an all-time world record holder this year and forgotten about the next year because they've stopped lifting or stopped doing something. You see that all the time. It's like, well, people get back to it or they're constantly trying to one-up themselves. You see someone who has a great meet or a great lift and it gets a lot of notoriety, all of a sudden they start making compromises because they need that validation again. Mm -hmm. They start lifting with straps every deadlift. They start using wider plates because it flexes the bar. They're squatting higher all of a sudden or their pause completely disappears because they're looking for that validation, not mm -hmm. for that progress. That's really, really hard, bitter pill for people to swallow. You're either progressing or you're not. And we don't want stagnation. Stagnation means you're holding still, it means you're not going anywhere. If we're in a competitive sport where they're actually keeping score of what you lift, you're aiming to train towards progress. Put those filters on, put the blinders on, focus on you, find your one main guiding light as far as a mentor or a coach, and find areas of information that you can improve upon. Areas as far as nutrition, areas as far as sleep recovery, areas as far as stress management. Stress management. Uh, time management, that's a great way to reduce stress. So many people are like, I was rushed today, I didn't have time. Your time management sucks. <laughs> find a leader in time management because everyone has the same 24 hours in a day and some people do a lot more than you. Your time management sucks. Yeah, that's one. I think that's one thing that Trevor and I probably get asked about the most is like how to manage the time. Um, you know, with the type of job that we have being twenty four seven, when we go into the gym, granted there are some days that it's not always this ideal, but ideally in the gym, my phone is always on do not disturb, and so is Trevor's for the most part. So when we come into the gym, like I turn on the music and I control the music through my phone over the speaker, and we both generally record about one set. One so, set. Last set. Yeah. Sometimes um, if I'm working on something specific, I'll record one or two sets from two different angles so I can see something. But for the most part, we record one set and we move on. And as soon as we're done recording, that phone goes down back to listening to music, switching to the different exercise or whatever accessory we have. But it's focusing on being in the moment while you're training instead of videoing something, obsessing about it for 20 minutes recording the next set, obsessing about that one for 20 minutes, recording the next set, obsessing about that one, and then 
you know, posting online and then waiting to see if anyone says anything about it. And then, you know, going back and then, you know, you do an accessory and then you obsess over that one for 20 minutes. So it's, it's something that you can be doing a workout that should only take an hour, an hour and 15 minutes, but you now stretch it into two hours because you recorded everything. You were taking time in between your sets, you were waiting to upload. And now that is affecting the time management for the rest of your day and it affects what else you can get done. So maybe had you vetted your time a little bit better in the gym, you could have had an extra 40 minutes to meal prep or put away your laundry yeah. or do something else. So time management is really, really key. And that should be your number one filter is time yeah. management and managing distraction. Yeah, set parameters for yourself. You know, if you do need that extra time to scroll through social media and unwind, if that's what helps you. <laughs> just stresses me the hell out, to be honest with you. <laughs> if, if that relaxes you, more power to you because it just stresses me the hell out. Yeah, so if, <laughs> if that's something that you need or like you feel like you want to get caught, uh, caught up on, schedule it. Um, I know people that have done, you know, every two hours they'll like set a timer and they're like, okay, I'm allowed to do nothing or scroll social media for 10 minutes. And then as soon as the timer goes off, they have to go back to work. Or, you know, maybe you make it like your end of the day thing, which like Trevor said, scrolling at the end of the day, I feel like it's the worst thing because then you're just, you're pissed off by something that someone said that you didn't <laughs> like. And, you know, you're just like really irritated by this one thing that you saw and then you can't stop thinking about it for an hour and then it just takes over your thoughts. So if you have to scroll or you find that that is really, really important to your day, set time parameters for mm -hmm. it. So that way you're actually getting done what you accomplished. So that is another part. That's like Trevor said, that's the biggest filter that you can put on your day is time management and learning how to vet out your time. Yep. I think that's good. Yeah. 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 See, I start it. You get to finish it. Is that right? That's how it goes. Is that, is it? Do you want to finish this? <laughs> Do you want to keep going? I'll talk all day. <laughs> I actually never know how long this is because I forget to look at the time when we started. Uh, so, I mean, I guess it could be done. Unless you're, all right. What, do you want to tell them what we're doing coming up? or? Oh, man, we're going to be in lots of places. That's a good point. So, if you're still in here and you haven't tuned out just yet, we will be in Fort Lauderdale at an APF meet December 5th. Mm -hmm. We will be in New York December 11th at Granite Barbell for a seminar with Greg Panora. So we will be the following weekend in Oklahoma at one of your clients' meets. Yep. That'll be fun. I've never been to Oklahoma. Two of my clients' meets. Two of your clients' meets, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I've never been to Oklahoma, and I'm the worst tourist in the world. I pretty much just see the, the hotel, the airport, and then whatever gym or venue the comp is at. So that's about all I ever see. But if you're there, feel free to come up and say hi. <laughs> and then a little break for Christmas. And then in January, we're in Iowa. And no, uh, Oh, sorry. January, we're in um, Dallas, Hidden yeah. Gym. Tony Montgomery and I have a Coach's Corner seminar. Dallas is January 23rd, I believe. Yeah. A hidden gym. And then in February, we're in Iowa. In February, we're like in Iowa, Missouri. Iowa, Missouri, Miami. And possibly Michigan. Possibly Michigan. I don't remember. That might be March. That's a little bit too far away. <laughs> I can only remember December. All you got to worry about is December. Right we're still in November, so all you got to worry about is December. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. Yeah. So, thanks for tuning in to episode 14 of this accessory show for still putting up with us for this long. That's impressive. Um, PR. It's <laughs> <as> a PR. <laughs> Sometimes we don't want to put up with ourselves for this long. So, yes, if you want to check us out on the YouTube, if you just search Trevor Jaffe on YouTube, you can find the audio, excuse me, the visual video version of this podcast there. TVs. Video, visual, I, I fucked version. it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
uh, and then you slide to the intro. <laughs> you can you can listen to this podcast on pretty much any streaming platform. Um, Spotify and iTunes seems to be the most widely used. If you listen and you like it, please leave a five star review on iTunes so that way we feel validated in the fact that we can keep doing this. And if you want to find us on Instagram, uh, you can find Trevor at Jaffe Strength, mm-hmm. and you can find me at Riley Presno. And yeah, be tuned. Be tuned. Stay tuned for some new stuff that we have coming at the beginning of the year that'll be really fun we've been working diligently on with some super cool sometimes cool people um yeah that's it that's it okay goodbye